The sermon for this evening is based on 1 Peter 3, chapter 18 to 22. The sermon is entitled, Joyfully Lutheran, Baptism Saves You. Grace, mercy, and peace from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Baptism saves you. It says it clearly in our scripture today. So when the question comes up in life, how do you know that you are saved? You always go back to the scriptures to find your answer. Titus 3 reads, as we read in the uh, uh, third portion of baptism in the catechism, it reads, He saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to His own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Jesus Christ our Lord, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. The washing of regeneration, the renewal of the Holy Spirit, the work of baptism. Again, how do you know that you are saved? First Peter 3, just as we read, the beauty of St. Peter's words. Not just beauty, but great comfort. There are no more for Peter. <laughs> Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. Not as a removal of dirt from the body, but as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Baptism, which corresponds to this. Now this, namely, is referred to in verse 20. That because they formerly did not obey when God's patience was waiting in the days of Noah while the ark was being prepared, in which a few, that is eight persons, were saved, were rescued safely through water. The story of Noah. Water. We know the story of Noah in the book of Genesis is corruption entered the world, the evil ones, the tyrants, those that had clearly rebelled and rejected God as if they were their own little gods. Described in Genesis 6 as the Nephilim, the Lord saw the way to which they were going, full of evil, full of rebellion. And the Lord said in the book of Genesis That the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Their intentions, their thoughts were evil continually, continually, right? Continually, persistent. And with great grief, the Lord would blot out man and start over again, all by way of the water. But the Lord also favored Noah there. And he said, I have determined to make an end to all the flesh, for the earth is filled with violence through them. Behold, I will destroy them with all the earth. All the meanwhile, he proceeded to tell Noah to build this ark, 450 feet long, 70 feet wide, and 45 feet high. And Noah, out of faith, did all that the Lord had commanded. And there we see it. The floodgates were released. For 40 days and 40 nights, And along with all the animals, two by two, Noah and his family, eight in all, 
It was through that water, that renewal, that rewashing, that regeneration, that they were saved. Yes, many were drowned during that time of the flood. I think uh, Luther writes it best here, and I'm going to read it for you. And he reads, The apostle means to say that what happened when Noah was building the ark also happens today. Just as at that time he, together with seven others, was saved in the ark which floated on the water. So you too must be saved in baptism. That water drowned everything that had life. Thus, baptism drowns everything that is carnal and natural, and it makes spiritual men. But we take ship in the ark, which represents the Lord Jesus Christ, or the Christian church, or the gospel which Christ preaches, or the body of Christ to which we cling through faith. And we are saved, just as Noah was saved in the ark. See, that's what baptism corresponds to. It's not simply a removal of dirt. I come to think of it, I think when we talk about sin, a lot of times people can see sin as dirt. Maybe it's something we can kind of wash off or something that we can kind of brush from our shoulders as if uh, we can somehow erase this sin ourselves, And we try to remove that dirt, but what happens? We find ourselves muddied even more. And see, this mud becomes so terrifying to us that even in our conscience, well, we tell ourselves, what can we do? But yes, you know, with this sin, though we deal with the terrified conscience, we try to keep it under wraps. We sweep it under the rug, or we simply ignore or make excuses in hopes of this dirt somehow magically being removed from our lives. But in speaking of sin, we know that it's more than just dirt, right? After all, the sin in the garden, original sin, it's not just a scuff or a mark or something that we in our own power or will uh, can excavate, I know that word excavate, dig out of ourselves. But rather, sin is born within us, a death knell of sorts. And we know what sin brings. We know what we deserve because of our sin. And in that sin, we very well know that we cannot save ourselves from this predicament, that we cannot reconcile ourselves with God in the midst of this separation because of sin. Indeed, we truly fall short. And this is the true peril of the sin condition. There is nothing we can do to save ourselves. How do you know that you are saved, one might ask? And you might say, well, I'm not so bad. I could be worse. I'm sure that I'm good. I mean, I think positively, right? I love people. I'm not so bad. We turn on the news. I'm not like them, right? But all we're saying is that my faith is about me and what I do. And if my faith is in myself, well, 
There is no clear conscience there. There's all a terror. Have I done enough? And that will always be a question mark. Do I measure up? I'm not sure. Do I? How do I know? Well, I guess we'll see, won't we? And without answers, the question marks still exist in many people's lives. How do you know that you are saved? I was uh, speaking with Zoe on the way home from confirmation last night. And I, I think I told her that, you know, being saved, knowing who you are in this one true faith, it is never about you. It is about what God has given to you. Nothing of your work saves you, but it is given. God gives you his very gift of this gospel, the word and sacrament. I know my daughter always tells me I preach too much in every facet of everything Bible studies, confirmation, even on the rides home. But I really wanted to emphasize to her that God is the doer. And in faith, we are always the receiver that trusts in what the word gives. That is the life of faith. You know, we didn't pull out a fishing line and lure the Lord and say, come on, come on, God, come to us. We need you. No, we didn't climb the ladder hoping that we have pleased God enough as we go up uh, to his uh, to him face to face, wondering if we have measured up. No, we know that's impossible because we are dead because of sin. It's all about what God does. That's where our faith resides. It's God who comes to us. By his mercy, his compassion, his grace, and his love for each and every one of you. He comes for you. He delivers you salvation. He answers the question, how do you know that you are saved? Because he is the only one who can answer that question for you with sure confidence and assurance. And he answers this question for each and every one of you by the word made flesh, Jesus Christ. It is Jesus who came and who has accomplished to achieve the work that only the Lamb of God, behold, look, that could ever fulfill for you, indeed, the true lamb, the only lamb, lifted high upon that tree to release you from the death grip of sin and conquer and crush the devil's head, saving you and rescuing you, reconciling you from that separation from God, from bondage, from the pit of eternal misery and condemnation. He came for you only to save you by the way of the crucifixion, with nails in his hands and feet, with a crown of thorns, with the jeering and mocking and whipping. It seems like he was falling to defeat, but rather there he was saving you, washing away your sins, purifying you, white as know how do you know that you are saved there jesus goes to the cross giving you salvation because through his body and blood shed for you on that cross your assurance there is given in the empty tomb three days later that's how you know that is where your faith is 
It is in God who acts for you, who is the doer, who fulfills you and your faith as you receive these very gifts of the Lord. But pastor, I don't know. Sin still assails me. The devil accuses constantly. The assaults are everywhere. It was a spiritual battle. This is a difficult struggle. It sounds good. But wow, I'm facing a lot of problems in my life right now. Yes, that is a reality. But remember and take heart. Through the, res- through the resurrection, it is Jesus who gives you the comfort and the means of grace. That through all the struggle that we may be facing right now, we go back to the scripture and see what God promises us in the water and the word as we live in this baptismal life, that baptism indeed saves. It does. You are saved by the water and word that covers you. Because we believe that the power of God's word is true. And whatever God promises, we believe. That is where our faith is. The baptism, yes, as we read in 1 Peter 3, is an appeal to God for a comforted and good conscience. And in, in Joyfully Lutheran, Harrison writes, Don't be fooled by the devil's sleight of hand. The appeal to God is not something we do. The appeal is not my action or request to God. The appeal is baptism itself. Right? My conscience is clear because my debt is paid. I am a sinner to be sure. I shall struggle with sin throughout my Christian life. But I am acquitted. God loves me and accepts me in Jesus in my Baptism, Harrison writes. How do you know that you are saved? Because the appeal to God is not what you do, but it is what God has done for you. The debt washed away. The sin and struggle, yes, It is there on the daily basis. But in the midst of the fight, we repent and flee and find great comfort and rest in the mercies of God, His promises. The death and resurrection of our Lord, the lavishness of the riches of His grace, forgiveness of sins, eternal life and salvation, the water and word of holy baptism, clothed with him, rescued from sin and death and the power of the devil. And with with a good and clear conscience, your faith has made you well because your faith is Christ's. His word, his promise, the gospel, the sacraments given to you and for you. And by his word, as his word says, baptism now saves you. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard your hearts and minds.
in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Midweek Sermon from Faith Lutheran Church in Moore Park, California. For more information, visit us on the web at faithmoorpark.com.